Welcome to season four of the Money Medicine Clinic podcast, brought to you by GP and money coach, Dr. Nikki, also known as the female money doctor. And it is packed full of bingeable short episodes to help you to feel calm, confident and in control of your finances. Now, this episode is proudly sponsored by the Prosperity Plan Academy, the 12 step program for money success for women. Find out more at thefemalemoneydoctor.com forward slash podcast. So let's get on with the episode. We are live. Aha, this is it. So happy International Women's Day, everybody. It's the 8th of March, 2023. So if you're watching this on replay, um, that's when you know we did it. And um, yeah, I'm here with Julie Flynn. I'm so excited that you're here because last time we chatted, it was on Clubhouse. I had to remind myself, Clubhouse, um, which feels like a decade ago, but I know it wasn't that long ago. It does. I don't think we've ever actually had a conversation where we could see each other. No, so I it's know. like a momentous moment. <laughs> this is so good. So um, basically, Julie is one of the co-authors with me on this book, Inspirational Investing, which you may or may not have heard me talk about and get sick of me talking about it because I'm so frigging excited about the fact that you know now we've got a published book out there in the world. It's great. Um, and we just well, I asked Judy if she'd like to come and join me to just have a chat generally about the book and catch up and, and see how things are going. So thank you for coming and uh, joining me for that. Do you want to tell everybody kind of who you are and what inspires you about finance? OK, so firstly, thank you very much for having me along. It's, nice, it's so nice to have a chat with you. Uh, who am I? Okay, so I am an independent financial advisor and I'm also a financial coach. Um, and I've been doing this for a very long time. Um, I predominantly work with women who have lost their partner. Um, and when you asked me about what inspires me, I knew you were going to ask me this. I had to have a think about it. And if I think back to about 10 years ago, I felt distinctly uninspired with what I did for a living. And it was just a bit like, am I allowed to say what you were saying about hay fever? Oh, yeah, go on, go for it. Yeah. So you're like, it's another hay fever case. So, like, it all just became a bit boring and meaningless. And mm. I thought I need to find a way to reignite the, the excitement and the passion for what I do. And I heard this, I heard a podcast with a woman called Susan Bradley from the Southern Money Institute. And she was talking about when people experience sudden changes in life, they'll have a sudden change in money. And if you have a sudden change in money, you'll have a change in life. And it's that transition. And listening to her talk was what got me all fired up again. I thought, right, well, who do I know that, that would really benefit from somebody with a different skill set to your, diff your typical financial advisor? Because that we're not the most dynamic of people. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hold my hand up and say. And I realised I had a lot of clients who had lost their husbands. And working with people like that they're, they're going through a really unique set of circumstances and it turned out I was just really good at communicating with these people and it's so rewarding and fulfilling so I decided right that's what I'm going to do because 
financial services is not great at engaging with women. Mm. It's even worse when you start to become a marginalised part of society. So that's what really inspires me is giving a voice to the marginalised and the people that financial services doesn't want to engage with and helping them live kick-ass lives, really. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's we're, we're totally on the same page with that. Yeah. Because um, it's it's so important. And what I found really interesting is we, we had um, a book club every month in our community. And um, Emily Belay, who's in this book as well, she, she wrote a book um, called You're Not Broke, You're Pre-Rich. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is how she was talking about an experience she had with a... Um, a financial advisor and feeling really insignificant and being asked where's your husband you know at the time and she felt like what who is this person so it it really resonated um and yeah you're right there are lots of people in society that are marginalized that are not included in mm-hmm. these isn't it so i'm glad that you do what you do it's really good it's really needed <laughs> I, i've got to say i mean i've heard so many star- horror stories throughout the years and you're just like it's not tolerable mm. but, you know something's got to be done and i can only do my small part absolutely and this is this is it isn't it we've all got to do our small part in this because people resonate with different people don't they some people will resonate with with the messaging i have with the medical side of things with the messaging you have with the, the you know looking after people that have lost their husbands so it all it all helps everything it all contributes so um talking of contributions tell us about your chapter in the book all right so this goes back to like the clubhouse days i think um we used to turn up every friday morning and run a room group of financial advisors women and we just try and answer questions and there was a subject we did one week it was investing for children it was really popular So Amanda came to me and said, right, off the back of that room, could you write a chapter with all the stuff that you covered? And I'm like, Amanda, it's like 18 months, two years ago in a perimenopause. (laughs) There's no chance of me remembering what happened there. But it was was just kind of covering off those different aspects of how do you go about saving and investing for children? What are your options? What are the things you should be considering? Because I think many new parents or soon-to-be parents it is a thought that pops in their head because, like, if you're my generation, you probably grew up and your mum and dad saved into an endowment for you, right? And it's just that idea that we save for children. It's, I think a lot of people, maybe the first protocol is, right, well, I'll just put money in the bank. Mm. The, child, the child's not going to get the money for maybe 20 years. So back, putting it all in the bank, no, don't do that. There are much better options, so it's just trying to share the information on how you go about doing that. Yeah, it's the, the the bit you were talking about, you know, do you save, do you put money into a junior ISA, do you put money into a pension? And, I mean, when people say, what, well, you can have pensions for children, they're like, oh, mine's, I mean, <laughs> my mind was blown when I first I was like, what? So you could easily create a little millionaire in your child. Well, they wouldn't be little by the time they got the money, but you could, you could easily create a millionaire couldn't you out of out of just small companies? oh yeah for sure but do you think more more valuable possibly than the money is the the beliefs that you're instilling in the child imagine growing up knowing that you had a pension yeah right because i'm gonna hold my hand up right i'm a financial advisor and have been for 25 years so only about five years ago i started taking my pension seriously 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's easily easily done, isn't it? When you're thinking about other people's money, yeah, your own. But to grow up and have it in your head that it's normal that I have a pension and money goes into it. Yeah. And I I have investments and money goes into it. And to just grow up knowing that that is your norm. It's, it's such a good foundation for good beliefs and good habits and building financial security because there's going to be less and less of that as the generations go on in comparison to what we've had previously. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's so true. And I think what one of the things that I really like about starting a pension off, in particularly in young girls, is mm-hmm. that we're helping to plug the gap of her, you know, potentially wanting to take time out of work to have children of her own you know maybe to go part-time later on these are all the the times in a woman's life aren't they where her money just takes a nosedive that was kind of what my chapter was all about the Mm. the sections of a woman's life where we start to lose the thread of our pensions and our and our money so if we could do that so much earlier with a child that's Mm. an amazing gift that is it's just incredible So, yeah, I really, really liked your chapter. So if you haven't got the book yet, go and get it. Go and get yourself a copy. You can get an e-book. And I'll drop a link to that below this video. So if you want to go and do that, you can. Or um, you can get yourself an, e- an e-book version. So there's a Kindle version. There's a PDF version you can download. Um, so, yeah, grab yourself a copy and have a read of that book. But that chapter is really helpful, especially if you've got kids or you've got grandkids and you want to start investing for them. So, um, OK. And one. So I suppose the next thing I wanted to talk about was kind of other people's chapters, really. We've done our we've done our own ones. But what did you have any other insights or any other chapters that sort of really stood out to you? And you thought, oh, that's really interesting. And I'm glad that was shared. Yeah, from a personal point of view, for a penny drop moment, I've got it open here just now. So let's see, it's right near the start of the book. So it's Danny Houston's got a chapter on money and menopause. Yes. Right. So bear in mind, I'm a financial advisor and I'm at that age. Right. So you think I, I'd have figured this one out. But she's just she's making the point of, like you were saying about the pension gap. And like, Oddly enough, someone messaged me earlier on today because they'd seen a post about the book saying, why is there such a big pension gap? And I went on to explain why there is. So women have career breaks, women are taking care of family, women are doing this and what have you. And so they just don't have as much. I completely, so we get that women probably take time out to have children. Yeah. Women probably take time out to raise children. Women probably take time out to look after aging parents. It completely went right over my head that women my age and 10 years up they are falling out of the workforce at an alarming rate. And this is hitting our pensions as well. So we've got so many women that are reducing their hours or stepping down from positions of power or just quitting the workforce entirely because they're going through the menopause. And the world is not built for us anyway, and certainly not at this stage Mm -hmm. in life. And nobody educated us and told us what to expect anyway. So we've got to that point in life where our careers are going really well, we're we're achieving, and then all of a sudden, your body just stops behaving itself. Mm. What the hell happened? It's all gone really well, and then it stopped. And that can hit your earnings. And again, that's having a knock-on effect on your ability to save into a pension. And I just thought, oh, my God, this happened to me right now, and I didn't even realise it. Yeah, yeah, it's that... I think was one of the things that I got from it as well is that that point in a woman's life can be such a huge change for her 
And if it's and if that's your best earning years potentially, mm. you know, at the top of your game, mm. and then you drop out. I mean, it's depressing, isn't it? It's utterly depressing when you think about all the other things that are going on. You know, all the other things we've got to deal with, and then that happens. <laughs> uh, and putting this in the same column as intolerable things that need to change with society. Absolutely, completely, and utterly agree. So, um, yeah, that was that was one of the things that um, when I spoke to Amanda about, actually, I was going to put it into my chapter, and she said, "Oh, don't put too much in because we have got a separate um, menopause chapter as well." So I was like, "Right, okay, it's just going to be a, a point in my in my, my chapter." So, what was, um, what was one of the key takeaways from the book for you, Nikki? So for me, I've got a few different ones. Um, so, oh gosh, which ones really stood out for me? So I really liked um, Sherelle's chapter um, all around um, pensions for the self-employed, because that's one of the things that I kind of bang on about with people as well is if you're self-employed, you are the only person that can advocate for yourself when it comes to these things. So I like how she's kind of getting you to go through the process of how much do you think you need? How much you know? does your pot have to be worth? You know, what sort of things can you do? How can your business support you in that? Because we were having this conversation before we came on on um, live about um, people striving for a particular income. So 10K months, 5K months, whatever it is. That's all very well and good. But what are you actually going to do with that money? Do you need that money? You know, what if? What if you're striving for a point that actually is not necessary? So that that really kind of brought it home. I think her chapter on that one is, you know, use the money you're earning for what you actually need it for, as opposed to what you think you might need it for. So, um, and I also really liked um, the the chapters on risk. That was Moira O'Neill, and she talked about ah. the, sort of think about risk because again, that's a you see this thing about women are risk averse or, or most recently I saw someone say women are not risk averse, they're risk aware. Okay, great. You might be risk aware, but what is your reaction to that? Does the word risk mean for you that it's something really terrible or is it an opportunity? It's, so I, I really liked how she was kind of putting that into context as well. And she was saying that lots and lots of people are actually stuck in pensions that are low to medium risk when actually they've got 20 25 30 years ahead of them so could afford to take on more risk but because of that lack of understanding about what that means we're not taking those opportunities so yeah I think they were the they were the biggest things that sort of stuck out for me really I think that's a really interesting point about risk as well because like in my role I have to send out what we call risk questionnaires which yes. is where we figure out how much risk you're comfortable taking with your investment. And I think the whole framing of that is completely skewed and wrong because yeah. it suggests if we don't invest, there's no risk. Yeah, Not investing is a risk as well because you just need to look at, we've got double digit inflation. Yeah, no money's at risk in the bank at the moment. So it's just this idea, well, I'm not going into stock market because that's too risky. Well, the alternative is also risky. It's, yes. just, it's just death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. So I think just helping people to understand that. And I'm not sure that I completely buy into this thing that women are risk averse. Mm. I don't know that I'm buying that. Yeah. It's it I think I can see, I can understand where that's come from. But yeah, the, the concept of risk aware, I think, is is an interesting one. But I just think it's just lack of knowledge. I think once you understand what it means, it's like, oh, okay, great. Because I do like a pre and post um, questionnaire with people um, that I do some stuff around investing with. And a lot of people at the start go with, 
oh, I'm definitely a moderate to low risk kind of person, definitely want to make sure my, my money's more in bonds or cash or by the end of it, they're like, no, high risk. <laughs> and that's all that has changed is the knowledge. That's all it is. So, yeah. you know, I think that word risk can feel really scary. Um, and if you I agree. With you. I think it's an education piece because once people, yeah. like when I'm talking to people about investments, I'll always say to them, right, one of the most important things I can do is explain to you how it can go wrong. All the options are going to explain to you how they, how they go wrong. And then you can decide yourself which one is most palatable to you and which one's intolerable. Yes. And I like the thought of actually sitting in cash for the next 20 years and then a 0.05 or whatever it is, turns out normally that's the one that's intolerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the, I think the other, what was it, someone recently um, had put her, her money in um, sort of more bonds type funds and thinking that was a uh, was appropriate for her risk. Mm. And then we had the pandemic happen and then mm. we've had inflation and everything's changed and suddenly bonds are no longer the safest houses thing that you'd expect it to be. Hopefully in the next four or five years it will kind of recovered, but even that, took a nosedive when you you know you usually get this kind of zigzag effect don't you whereas things yeah I think since uh, I'm gonna go off on one there a little bit rein me back in if I go too far right <laughs> right so in your portfolio you're meant to have some bonds because they're meant to dampen down the risk because they behave a little bit more nicely than stocks and shares yes but then if we go back to 2008 we started pumping loads of money into the system with quantitative easing so all that money sitting there is mostly sitting on the bank's balance sheets the thing is, when you pump money into the system, you're going to eventually create demand, which will create inflation, which means interest rates will go up, which means bonds will take a hit. So I've been having complete stress about this since 2008. <laughs> and it was that idea, I don't think bonds are the low risk option that we are because they're so sensitive to interest rate movements. We've been in this period of artificially low interest rate for so long that the second that starts creeping up, you're going to see big chunks wiped off the capital value of bonds. Now, they took a big hit, obviously, in October last year. Yeah. Um, the consensus is they will bounce back this year and yields are looking really good. But that's a reaction to what happened last year. I still don't trust bonds long term. Mm. I think it's going to be a long time before we see them behaving properly again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm probably not meant to say stuff like that, am I? But you know what? This is why sometimes you actually have to go and speak to someone like yourself, don't you, to to have a look at what's going on, to assess your options, to 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 see what what is happening in the wider world, and yeah. you can't get around around that. And you know, and uh, I hate the the kind of thing idea out there where you, you can do everything yourself. To an extent, yeah, when you're starting out, you can do a lot yourself, but actually, sometimes you do need your expertise. That's what, that's yeah. what well, I think you can do it yourself because like we're all going to say, go get yourself. If you're doing it yourself, go get yourself a multi-asset fund. It's got yeah. a bit of everything in it. Yeah. And if you're looking at it next this time next year and the bonds have taken a dive and you're like, oh, God, Julie said it was going to do that. Like, as long as you don't touch it, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because oh, I always say your money's like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it will get. <laughs> that's a good analogy i like that <laughs> so get yourself a multi-asset fund that's got the right risk for you and just stick with it and don't mess around with it but don't be surprised if bonds are still behaving a little bit exciting for the next two or three years possibly yeah i did i did read some stuff about that it would take it you know three five years for it to to go back to normal again but hey who knows no one's got a crystal ball right we don't know what's gonna happen no, no. now these are my guesses 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julie's uh, top guesses. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess what would be your biggest tip then for someone starting out with investing? I know we can't talk about specifics. We can't say, oh, do this, do this. It's a, you know, you could do that. This is the reason why you could do that. This is the reason why, and then decide for yourself kind of thing, isn't it? But what, what would you say your top, top tips would be? My top tips would be just to start. Mm. Okay. So I think when it comes to investing, people are always, the one thing they've, they're always worried they've got is will I lose all my money? Yes. Right. There's a really easy way to protect against the losing all your money scenario. And that's just hold a bit of everything. Yeah. So that's one of these multi-asset funds that I was talking about. So it's just got, it's got everything in there. As long as you're holding everything, you will be okay. If you go and invest just in UK equities, yeah, you're in a precarious position. Mm -hmm. If you go and invest just in crypto, yeah, that's a little bit dangerous too. But if you're holding a little bit of everything, doesn't matter whose multi-asset fund it is, it will be all right in the end. So just start and keep it simple and don't touch it. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's a good point. Don't touch it. Add to it. Don't touch. <laughs> yeah, um, my, 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 my amazing tip, if you want to supercharge your savings and your investments, so let's say you, you decide that today you can comfortably afford to save X per month, right? This time next year, I want you to put a note in your diary, and let's say you start with £50. Next year, I want you to put it up by 10%. So instead of £50 a month, you're going to put £55 in a month. And the next year, put it up by 10% again. And I've got a spreadsheet that works this out for you. It will blow your mind what that will do to your investment. That's a, that's a cool tip. I like that tip. This is good. Um, okay, so where can someone get that that spreadsheet? If it's, Is it your author? Uh, if anybody wants my spreadsheet, oh, just give me a shout and I'll share it. Oh. So that'll be handy. I think um, well, we can send you a copy and you can put it in the group. Yeah, happy to if you're happy to share it like that. Yeah, no, I'm happy to share my spreadsheet. Any and it's not one of those ugly techie ones, is it just it's you enter in like three boxes and that's it. Oh, I love love a spreadsheet like that. It's so easy, everything's locked and you're like, I can't break it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not like a financial advisor spreadsheet, but there's hundreds of things going on. No. No, good. All right. Well, that would be lovely. Thank you very much for that. So, right. yeah, good tip increase by 10% every single year, like that. Um, okay. So, I guess I can't, I'm only, I can only see one person watching us live. So, if you have any questions, please feel free to put them in the box and say hello because I haven't, I'm not checking to see who it is that's here because I can't see anyone. A steam yard never tells you who's there, does yeah. it? Doesn't tell you unless, you unless somebody gives permission and then write something i can't tell who it is but anyway nice to have you here live with us thank you um so i suppose the the only other thing would be kind of what where can people find you what you know what um you mentioned your podcast so where what is that called where can you find me where is it all right so um as i mentioned at the start back in lockdown we set up this clubhouse room where mm -hmm. we turn up every friday morning it was called the women and money cafe and then obviously uh, the world opened up again and we weren't free on Friday mornings to sit around chatting, drinking coffee in our pyjamas. We had to go to work. So we turned it into a podcast. So the Women and Money Cafe podcast, new episodes every Monday. You can get it on Spotify, Apple, all your usual podcast place. Uh, I hang out mostly on Instagram. That's where you can find me. So that'd be Julie Flynn Money Woman. And I like to think I'm a nice, friendly, approachable financial advisor. I am sitting right now, actually, in my pyjamas, I must confess, 
when I'm not in my pajamas, you'll find me in jeans and trainers and a hoodie. So I don't look like a financial advisor even during the day. And I'm always happy, always happy to answer questions and help people out. Oh, that's brilliant. So that's Ju Julie Flynn. What was the next bit of your Instagram Money handle? Woman. Julie, Julie Flynn, Flynn Money Woman. Yeah. Okay. Now that's good. So if anyone needs to go and find her, go and find her on there. Yep, definitely. And um, I found out who our lurker is. It's Jane. Hey, Jane. <laughs> she says she's lurking and listening, but she's on night shift. So no worries. So people often do that. They're watching when they're supposed to be doing something else, which is great. Um, cool. Okay. So I'm, I think for the purposes of you, you making sure that you have some rest time so that you've had a really busy day today, haven't you, with doing people's podcasts and stuff. Um, but thank you very much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, hopefully we can get you back on again. We can talk about something else. We could probably talk all night, couldn't we, about this stuff? So I think so. Thank you very much for having me. It was nice to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And um, just again, International Women's Day, Inspirational Investing 2023. It is now available. Go and get your copy of it. It's a very good read, very inspirational. And um, yeah, let me know what you thought of my chapter and uh, when you've read it. I'll be really interested to know. So take care, everybody. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the episode. Drop me a comment, drop me a review. That's always so helpful because it gets the podcast in front of loads of other people. And make sure that you are sharing it with others as well, because that's the only way that we're going to create a community of amazing, abundant women. Now, while you're waiting for the next episode, I have a Facebook group you can come and join where we run a monthly money book club that is free for anyone who's in the community. Just search for Women Working Towards Money Freedom and you will find it. I would love to see you join us in there. So take care and I will speak to you soon. Bye.